Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Conversations with My Higher Self. How are you? This has been long overdue, but this is a part two of What Sacred Flame Are You? An episode that I did back in November um, of last year. And, you know, yes, it took me some time to get back to this, but I'm really happy I'm doing this. I know enough of you have been requesting a part two and... I just love all of the frequencies we're going to be discussing in this episode, so I am extremely thrilled. Before we dive in, a couple of housekeeping items. If you haven't checked out my audiobook, um, I invite you and encourage you to do so. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a labor of love. It is a channeled book. It has 72 ancient keys that would take you step by step by step towards your best life. Um, What's special about the book is it has both the theoretical part as well as the practical exercises, the meditations, to help you apply all of the principles in the book. And the audio format is actually the better format, if I do say so myself, to experience the book because um, the meditations are semi-guided in the book. And so you can just follow along as opposed to having to remember 32 steps of how you practice something. Um, That's that. And I wholeheartedly also invite you to come meditate with me. Um, I have a second podcast called Our Sacred Universe. That one is a very special space. It's heart-led. It is a healing space. And it's a space for guided journeys and meditations. It's so much deeper than, I would say, your traditional guided um, meditation. And if, you know, if some of you are just starting to meditate, this could be a good stepping stone for you. But even if you have been practicing meditation for quite some time, uh, certain topics um, may still resonate with you. There are a lot of high vibration, high frequency energy coming through that space. It is a collaborative space. So a lot of spirits come through and help me to create healing zones for you and healing codes. And so, um, yeah, would love to see all of you there. Alrighty, my darlings, why don't we dive in? This is a rich topic. We have four colors to cover today. Just for background, for those of you that have not watched part one, you probably should, uh, haven't seen, haven't listened to. By the way, the video podcast is also available on YouTube. Uh, My YouTube channel is This Is Maria, Maria with a Y, M-A-R-I-Y-A, interesting spelling still pronounce Maria, not Mariah. So for those of you that are curious about color theory, there is a sacred color theory, which stems back from how source consciousness perceives and thinks about colors in the universe. And of course, when our universe was first created, it was created using a variety of energies. There are many ways that we could dissect these energies. We could represent them as colors. We can represent them as numerical frequencies. We can represent them as sounds, etc., etc. And I love the color theory because this is a very visual way of thinking about creation, thinking about what makes us all different. Now, in part one of this two-part series, I dove deeper into the diagnostic itself because just learning about the colors, it may be fun, but the most important part and the whole premise behind this series is for you to get to know yourself better. Uh, My intention is always to help shed the light upon some of the hidden aspects of you so that you could move through this life being better informed, being better aligned to who you are so that you can get uh, get more answers as opposed to questions. And so in part one, I go pretty in-depth. I give you like three to four different ways that you can do a diagnostic on yourself. And essentially, the diagnostic is all about 
getting you to the answer of what colors run through your body, through this physical incarnation, which could also be pointing to the experiences that your higher self had at one point in, in, in the past. Now, um, let me take a step back and maybe give you just a very quick foundation. This could be a little bit of a repeat of the first episode, but it has been quite some time. So there, um, the universe is created uh, with a variety of frequencies. You can think of it as every color of the rainbow and then some. The toolkit that source consciousness uses to create the world around it is quite vast. When we just start on our soul journeys, though, at the level of the higher self, we are not practicing all of these different vibrations and frequencies. We're not learning and um, receiving all of these energies equally all at the same time. In fact, our souls have learning tracks or experiential tracks, if you will. And very often our souls would plan and map out their journey and they would start in one particular um, energetic space or energetic frequency. And then once they, once they have sufficiently learned everything there is to learn about that frequency, or they feel like they have enough of a critical mass or a depth of understanding, they would move on to other frequencies. So over time, as your soul incarnates, it starts accumulating learnings and accumulates knowledge, and it plays within the different arenas, the different color, um, uh, color schemes, if you will. And so over time, your soul accumulates experiences of similar frequencies. Now, at the level of your higher self, uh, your higher self may be extremely experienced or just getting started. And, you know, to some, to some degree, it is irrelevant to this particular episode. However, when you descend into a particular incarnation, you don't bring 100% of the energy of your higher self. You bring some of it. And the energies that you have shown up with into this physical body are extremely telling. Because by the colors that make up your body, we could tell things, things like your purpose, your mission, what things that you're good at, things you're not so good at, your shadow aspects, your challenges, your blessings, your gifts, and all of the above. It is a very rich territory. It's kind of like getting a natal chart in astrology or like having your um, numerology read. Um, and so, yeah, only, only like just a different lens, right? There are many modalities in the universe. This one is perhaps lesser known on planet Earth, but depending on which planet in the Milky Way you descend, the color theory may be more or less prevalent. And I love it as a modality. I think it could be quite telling. It can tell more about you than your sun sign in astrology. That's how deep it can go. Now, I have selected eight colors, eight major colors um, that are most prevalent on planet Earth. And so at any point in time, there, let me take a step back. Your soul has brought into this incarnation a few different colors. And, you know, very often it's between two and three colors. Sometimes it's up to five. Very, very rarely you would have more than that. Now, there are a lot of commonalities for souls that tend to incarnate on planet Earth. So most of you are going to fall within the um, eight colors that I have selected which are most of them are the colors in the rainbow, plus um, the color white and the color pink. Um, these are the colors that are most prevalent on planet Earth. 
about 10% of the spectrum is not or does not fall within this rainbow plus <laughs> color spectrum. And that is totally fine. That means that you are a unique flake and you're perfect, but within the constraints of the series, unfortunately, I cannot get to every single color in the universe. That would be quite impossible. And so we have to work with some of the most common colors. I hope that you understand and this makes sense to you. In the first episode, we spoke about four colors, color red, color orange, yellow, and green. And today we are moving up and um, exploring new colors, more colors. I think that's probably enough of a foundation and we can dive into the colors. Now, it is very important for you to probably follow along and remember that, yes, some of you may have one or two or three of these colors being domineering or dominating, but it is also about how these colors come together and how they intertwine and how they collaborate with one another that makes who you are and, and, and makes um, the unique um, imprint or blueprint that you are as a human being. And so factoring in every facet of yourself instead of just some facets of yourself could be quite a fascinating journey. Alrighty, my darlings, why don't we move forward with the color blue. If you have done the diagnostic in part one and color blue showed up very strongly for you, what does this mean? Blue is just so beautiful. Blue is um, the blue ray, the blue flame is very often the representation of strength, but it's not physical strength. It's the strength of spirit. It is the strength of conviction. This is the strength of our truth. This is our personal integrity. This is our personal honesty. And so people who um, tend to, and souls who tend to be good at the blue spectrum level, souls that have studied along the blue ray, tend to be extremely honest. And I would say a pretty pivotal concept for these souls is justice. So justice and things being true and correct and deserved is actually extremely important uh, for somebody uh, with a blue energy, with a blue frequency. They can be sticklers for precision. Um, and very often souls that go really high in terms of level of involvement with a blue ray. You would also, you would often find them involved with the different uh, levels of karmic boards on local planets. So if you think about the law of karma, the law of cause and effect, and the souls that would be excited to make sure that karma is being upheld, that karma is being understood, that everybody gets what they deserve. Like if, if you can think of like what that being is, that is the person that is the blue, uh, the blue ray uh, or the blue sacred flame. Blues are very deliberate. Blues are um, very often unstoppable in their thirst, in their quest for justice and truth. Um, blues tend to be very intellectual. Um, they tend to be brainy. They're very cerebral. Um, they like dissecting things like concepts. They don't leave no stone unturned. They are incredibly insightful, but that insight comes from literally looking at every aspect of something and analyzing it. They're amazing analysts. Um, they are really equally good at looking at something from a 10,000 foot view, as well as zooming in uh, like a hawk, and, and getting into the weeds of things. So that is a very beautiful aspect of somebody with the blue energies. So they can see the forest and they can see the trees. So that makes them really, really good tacticians as well as strategists, 
right? So a lot of, and which gives them very good leadership skills as well. So very often you would find blues gravitate towards leadership. It could be leadership in the more military sense, right? Because they like discipline. Blues are sticklers for discipline. I think if, if you guys need like a poster child for the Blu-ray, that's Archangel Michael. Uh, he's smack in the middle of that Blu-ray, blue frequency there. Extremely high integrity beings, extremely hardworking, but also in some ways tough. And when I say tough, tough in, an, in a way that's unstoppable. Like, I mean, obviously Michael is a famous army general, if you will, and an incredible strategist. And, and, and he doesn't take no for an answer. And I think that very often describes somebody with a blue frequency. It is also um, a very pure frequency, but not pure in the sense of color white, which is what we're going to address a little bit later, but purity in terms of intention. Blues are incredibly high integrity and um, their intention is always towards the highest good. Um, I would also call blue the ray of alignment. So um, as opposed to a distortion, because if you think of what blues are good at, they're good at being straightforward, uh, keeping things straight. And they usually have um, a sense of judgment around lying or, you know, just in general, any type of injustice in the world, they do get quite judgy in a way where it's, it's almost like they're fixers, if that makes sense. And that's why any kind of distortion really gets to them. It's like very obvious to them when somebody's not living or being in integrity. And so they are extreme sticklers for precision, for truth, for law. Um, they like process. They like like a very deliberate movement from point A to point Z. They like planning. They're planners. That's why they're really, really good, good strategists. Very often, blues are going to be really good at business, really good at obviously in the legal field as well, really good doctors, although doctors from a very cerebral standpoint, we're not talking the healer archetype. We're talking, let's call it like a surgeon that really understands how the inner workings of a very complex system, like a human body work, and they can put the two and two together. There are a lot of innovators um, on the Blu-ray because um, the this ray, this frequency is very thirsty for knowledge. It is very thirsty for discovery. It is actually a little bit of a restless energy. It um, does not really like sticking with a status quo, despite the fact that it is a stickler for precision. It is very much an innovator. It is very much a mover and shaker. It is very much um, about looking at the world and finding all the things that are imperfect. And just, it's that like innate want to level up, to raise the bar, to do better. And so I would say that um, if we looked at humanity in general, very often the pe like the people, the beings that come here and push humanity to bigger and better things, to discover new frontiers, to conquer space, um, you know, would be the blue ray people. They're incredible technologists. Um, they are, you know, they, they understand the bits and the bytes. Um, they're very mathematical. Again, that brainy intellectual aspect, very mathematical, very precise. Because of that, they have, um, you know, um, like almost like an, an architect's perspective and an architect's approach to life. Because of that, blues may have, they're so mission-driven. And that's what I like, love, 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 love about the Blu-ray. They're like, okay, this is, what's my end game? Okay, this is my end game. And then the getting there, like it's the stuff that blues are able to do. Like the mountains that they're able to move in order to be able to get to that North Star, it's incredible. They are 
the most tenacious, the most determined, the most like, don't take no for an answer, the most like just inspiring from that perspective beings um, and people. And so I think that very often blues, like where a lot of other beings would stop, blues would trot on because they just are so good at overcoming obstacles. They're incredible at staying cool, calm, and collected under pressure. The one thing I would say in the shadow aspect of the blue potentially is when they know that something is right or when, or when they are on a mission to do something, they don't always look at collateral damage. Or in fact, they do look at the damage that it creates and they dub it collateral damage, meaning we kind of don't care because the means justify the ends or the ends justify the means. And so sometimes I would say that with blues, right? The challenge could be things like empathy, things like relationships or understanding how to soften things because uh, blue is a very masculine ray. And because of the masculine ray, it's a little bit like my way or the highway. Again, it's about alignment. It's about the straight line. We know things in nature are not, I mean, hardly ever a straight line, but things in life are hardly ever a straight line, right? Usually it's like a winding path of the ups and the downs. So that is completely normal. A life is a maze. Um, the blues don't love it. Blues are impatient. Uh, they don't like to beat around the bush. Uh, around the bush, they don't like to sugarcoat things. They tend to be straight shooters. They are pretty straightforward. They optimize for speed. They optimize um, for like results, very results oriented. They 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 want things quick. What they don't always factor in is the impact that their speed, their attitude, their demeanor, uh, communication style has on other people. So there's a little bit of like a brute mentality, like, you know, and, and that's kind of like really interesting, especially to watch with people who are really strong with the blue and very str strong with it, with the green. And enough of you actually listen to this episode, have both the green and the blue. The green is so heart led and so empathetic, but the blue is like anything but they're just like the mission driven and finding that in one person is actually not that rare. And it's so interesting because it's, it's almost like watching somebody who is a little bit inconsistent, right? Because on the one hand, like there would be some instances in your life if you're both a green and a blue where you're like, oh, like let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and like we're all in nature and every, everything is one and we are one and, and, and you know, um, everything is love. And then like on the flip side, you're like, let's just get it done, people. Like I don't have time for your, you know, uh, shortcomings and I don't have time to waste. And you're going to be like very, you know, um, quick, quick, quick. And you could hurt people's feelings. And it's actually quite uh, fascinating watching it in, in one and the same human being. Right. Um, but it's sometimes like one of your rays would take over and there's very little you can do because, um, again, blues hate all kinds of impediments stops. Like if somebody tells them you cannot do something like, you know, it, somebody with a blue energies, Again, they don't take no for an answer. So if somebody else tells them, hey, you can do something like that, you don't have the qualifications, drop it. If anything, it motivates the blue. They are so good at overcoming adversity, all kinds of adversity. But again, they are a little bit rigid. They are a little bit like my way or the highway. And so sometimes when you look back around, and, and blues do, do that all the time, and that's kind of like um, a little bit of a challenge and almost like the sad aspect of reality for the blue. Sometimes... Once they reach that pinnacle, sometimes once they get to that promised land and they've reached their North Star, they look back and it's kind of like, 
all of this collateral damage behind. Like, I don't want to say like broken hearts and, uh, you know, unhappy people, but kind of. Uh, sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, I created so much sadness. Very often these are the people that would deprioritize relationships to prioritize that one thing that they're maniacal about. Like, let's say that a blue comes here and they think they're on a mission to, I don't know, mm, I don't know, build the next Fortune 500 company. Uh, not that that's a very relevant um, example, but still like try to, you know, uh, bear with me. Um, and they may, you know, they may be obsessed, like working 20 hours a day and then, you know, get a divorce, like have like completely a terrible relationship with their parents or their children, kind of like completely deprioritized relationships. That is very much like a blue <laughs> type of situation. Oh my God, my fellow workaholics, a lot of you have this Blu-ray. Like if you're a workaholic, check for your Blu-ray. If you did the diagnostic, did not find the Blu-ray, but know that you are a workaholic, just double check again with a pendulum because there may be some blue energies because a lot of workaholics are in the Blu-ray spectrum. Blues, like I said, are a little bit impatient. Um, so they do like shortcuts. There is like that tendency with you to always like want to look at the shortcuts. And with blue, another thing that's a shadow is the energy of comparison. Uh, because you have this bias towards action and you have this bias towards getting things faster, um, you also like to naturally compare yourself to others uh, because that is your means of understanding how well you're doing. And that could be a big trap for the blue because comparing yourself to others uh, never ends well uh, in terms of psychologically for you, right? Because we should only be comparing ourselves to ourselves, right? We should be comparing like our, you know, current year results to our previous year results, as opposed to saying, well, this guy over here and this person over here and that company over there did so much better than we did, right? That is a, a little bit of a, a recipe for disaster and a shadow side of the blue. Uh, but it is, you know, there are so many fighters for justice and fighters for truth and fighters for integrity um, in the blue um, area, in, in, the, in the blue flame um, area, in the blue ray. Um, and enough of them are, I would call them the fixer uppers and they're also the cleaners uh, of, of, you know, um, of the universe, meaning um, they're so good at sensing all kinds of distortions, like distortions in the field really bug them. Anything that doesn't flow, anything that is not aligned and they naturally are here to fix it, right? So they would point it out, they would highlight things that are not working. So despite the fact that they may be a little bit rough around the edges, they are incredibly resourceful people to be around and they would tell you uh, like it is. They would tell you they're not gonna beat around the bush and that is why you get to the right answer faster. Usually when the blue, uh, somebody with a blue ray is on your side, it may be the bitter medicine, but it's the medicine that works. So that is the blue, right? Okay, moving up. Violet. Violet or purple, doesn't really matter. You know, we can use these words interchangeably. I'm going to use violet for the purposes, for the purpose of this diagnostic, for the purpose of this exercise. If you are a violet, you are a very soft, soul, a very soft being. There's a part of you that is very soft, um, very introspective, a little bit of an introvert, and you cherish your inner world. You have an incredibly rich inner world. It's like 
You know, some people get really bored with themselves and they need this outside stimulation, not the violet. The violet has so much going on in their inner sanctum, it'll blow your mind if you're not a violet. I mean, this, you know, doesn't, it, this goes way above and beyond the, the, the voice in your head that just keeps, you know, sending you thoughts. Like the, the inner, the inner sanctum of the violet is, you know, they tend to be a little bit artistic. They tend to be very connected and plugged into their Akashic records. Um, they tend to be very connected with spirit, actually, whether consciously or subconsciously. They tend to be very connected to their past lives. They tend to have a very rich inner world, right? Uh, and, and, and they have a certain appreciation for the beautiful things in life, for the harmonious things in life, whether that is poetry, whether that is art, uh, whether that is uh, classical music or, you know, any of those um, harmonious aspects of reality. Like they really are drawn to that. And very often they, they have a poetic soul is, is how I would describe this, this, this energy, this vibration. Um, they can be gentle. They can be a little bit sensitive. And they, they have, there's a little bit of a tendency with the violet, especially in lower dimensional worlds, to be... Um, to want to withdraw within because the outside stimulation can be too much. So they are the ones that could get easily overwhelmed by large crowds. They're the ones actually that need to have an escape. They really prioritize their home. So their, their house is more than a house for them or like whatever, an apartment. It is like their place of solitude. It is their place of sanity it is their place of joy it is their place of peace and quiet and that is why very often with a violet you would find that they want to make that one place where they live the absolute best like they would really invest the time to get everything just perfect the color of the wallpaper or the the walls must be like ex the precise shade of like that they love right they need to have all their favorite snacks in the fridge you know, they need to make sure that comfort is surrounding them, right? These are very often the people that are, would have like, okay, like, you know, fluffy blanket, you know, so, and, and like their favorite mug. And like, again, they're very like comfort driven. At the same time, they're very refined. And so, like I said, that's why very often they have very refined hobbies, such as again, like going to, going to the opera or like, again, listening to classical music, playing a classical instrument, reading poetry, writing poetry. So extremely refined, um, extremely aristocratic, that's like a very good way to describe this energy. Very aristocratic. They tend to be soft-spoken or if not so soft-spoken, they have this diplomatic approach because the violet energy is a very feminine energy, but it is the wise feminine. It is the feminine that has gone, you know, uh, gone through the arc of evolution. It has been there, done that, right? And it is this wise Sophia energy coming through in, in purple, where it's the woman that is able to lead herself, itself, right? Uh, or uh, somebody who's able to lead um, himself or herself and lead others by example, but from a place of wisdom, from a place of not knowing, from a place of intuition and intuitive leadership and being connected and being plugged in and almost like from that perspective, being three steps ahead 
because there's a little bit of that psychic ability as well that um, is prevalent with a violet. Violets um, really prioritize their sense of well-being for them, preserving that peace, that inner peace, that inner a state of mind is very, very important. So very often um, a violet would need periods to recharge uh, themselves. It could be in a form of a retreat or a getaway or just some alone time. Um, of almost any other color, violet is the most likely to go on a solo trip, whether that's a pilgrimage, whether that's just a journey, whether that's just, you know, staycation by themselves. It is very often a violet. All the other colors are like, I'll travel with somebody else. The violet is like, hmm, maybe I should just do it by myself. Wouldn't that be fun? And they are the, the type of soul that is not scared by solitude. In fact, they find alone time to be a very resourceful time. They love being um, in their own company, right? Because their inner world is so rich. They tend to be very knowledgeable and again, a very... Um, when I say aristocratic, um, I mean that they don't always get along with every single human because when you have very refined, very soft energies, you may not, other energies may suppress you in a way or be um, a little bit more um, predatory, I guess, compared to your softness. So very often... Um, somebody who's a violet learns very early in life that unless they have boundaries, it's very hard for them to maintain their own resource. With violet, it's actually very, very easy to get drained. That's kind of like the downside of this energy type, if you will, uh, because they are, A, they are extremely receptive. It is one of the most receptive, one of the most sensitive spectra, uh, like colors on the spectrum. And because of that, they tend to be they tend to absorb the energies of others around them. And that includes individual people as well as larger groups. And when that happens, they become what they absorb. And so they have to be extremely, extremely careful. And that's why with purples and violets, when they grow, when they are growing up, if they have a parent that's unhappy, the violet would grow, grow up thinking that it is actually them that's unhappy, right? So their parents impact them like, oh my God, there is no tomorrow. And so for, that's why the violet learns very early in life also to withdraw and that they need to have their own like hermit cave um, and their own thing away from the crowd. You know, that's why they also, um, it's important for them to have their own personal space. One thing uh, one thing I will tell you about the violet that is on the shadow side. So if you're a violet, please pay attention. Because you're so receptive, it is harder for you to build this common center, like common core in, inside of you that would tell you, do this, don't do that. Like meaning like your own inner guidance system around what it is that you are meant to be doing. Despite the fact that violets are extremely plugged into the ether, if you will, into the Akashic Records, and, you know, they could have premonitions and, and they get guidance all the time. The one thing that they are not really good at is like maintaining that core, maintaining that conviction around their own personal path. And that's why it's very easy for them to be um, misled by others. Um, and they're the ones that have the hardest time soul searching sometimes because they're so influenceable. And that is why 
it is extremely, extremely important for the violet, above almost any other color, to watch their surroundings, watch their intake, meaning um, they have to be um, guarding whoever they're letting, whoever and whatever they're letting into that their own personal space, whether that is people, whether that is information, whether that is, you know, movies, frequencies, anything that they're consuming, foods, drinks, all of it, right, is really going to impact the inner sanctuary of the violet and is going to impact their quality of life, right? So as a violet, if you're looking to be happy and maintain your quality of life, have boundaries and watch for um, your resource around do people give you energy or do people suck away your energy because that's the one thing with a violet you don't always have enough energy like you may have noticed that obviously if you're a violet i don't want to say you have less than the others but you kind of use up more than the others because you're so um you know empathetic and so considerate um that it's extremely important for you to watch out for your own energy resource what i find a lot with violets is they tend to get like um, chronic fatigue and sometimes for the same love like for the same tasks that other people would use let's say 10 percent of energy for a violet is going to use 20 25 percent of energy there are many reasons sometimes violets double um um they, they, they question themselves, right? They doubt themselves. So that energy of doubt is eating away some of the resource. Uh, but part of it is that violets are not always good at discerning which people are good for them and which people are not good for them. And so, in fact, for a violet, what I would recommend, if you have a pendulum and you know how to use a pendulum, and hopefully, hopefully you guys all do, uh, literally check with a pendulum, like write down the list of 10 people you spend the most time with in life. And ask the pendulum, pendulum, does this person give me energy? Yes or no? And, and, and go down the list. So essentially you wanna, what you want to find out is which people give you energy and which people take away your energy. And you really want to watch out for the people that take your energy and drain your resource because you don't always have a natural ability to replenish your resource unless you know you have some of the other resourceful more masculine perhaps um flames in you like if you have a yellow you're going to be fine like your resource is going to be fine if you have a blue your resource is going to be fine but let's say if you're an orange and oh my god a violet you could get depleted like no problem so definitely watch out for you for your resource Alrighty, my darlings moving on and we're moving on to white what is white if you got color white what does it represent? What does it tell us about you? Well, if you're a white, that tells us that you are a pure soul. You are an idealist in some ways. You believe in light at the end of the tunnel. You're an eternal optimist. You are a purist. You are... If, if we're talking about low dimensional worlds, which planet Earth is, right? And, and my reading um, of this energy is going to be very different depending on which dimension we're talking about. If we were in 7D, I'd be telling you a completely different story. But with a 3D, if you're a white, just know this about yourself. You are, because how, of how low the energies of a planet Earth are compared to the energies where you thrive and what you're used to, white is very high vibrational as an energy. You may feel like you may be experiencing a whole slew of different aspects that may be suboptimal. Like, for instance, for a lot of whites, 
Earth doesn't feel like home. Earth feels like some random planet that you netted, you know, just ended up on and um, things just don't make sense, right? Because again, the, the difference in vibration is going to just contribute to that feeling. So you sometimes you feel out of place here. You would also be um, certain things around the cruelty on this planet and just the way things are run here around the darkness on this planet, you just don't get. So it's hard, harder for somebody who is a white energy to understand the motivations of evil people or how there can be so much cruelty in the world, how there can be so much anger in the world, how there can be war and all of those things, because things like that are harder to come by in, in higher dimensions or don't make as much sense, right? So you could, you could have felt out of place here. Another version or another aspect of how this energy can play out is you need an escape, but not in a way that a violet does. If a violet is comfortable looking for an escape in their house or somewhere outside of people, meaning they just need to get themselves out of society and they're good to go, a white cannot do that. You are looking for an escape that is above and beyond that. What could that look like? This could be meditation. This could be dreamscape. Uh, this could be fantasy worlds, meaning you read fantasy books, you watch fantasy movies. This could mean the world of virtual reality and gaming, right? Uh, get me out of this 3D reality. Get me into the game, RPG, what have you. I'm there. Um, it could take a form of psychedelics. It could take a form of alcohol. It could take a form of even smoking, like anything that would get you into like an altered state of consciousness or give you a, like anything that gives you a means of escaping, uh, that could be a shadow side of white. Now, of course, listen, if you love fantasy books, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just know that there is that need for you to escape, right? And the challenge for the white is actually to encourage yourself to stay grounded. And the answer for a lot of whites is not escape a 3D reality, but bring more of your spirit, more of your soul, more of your consciousness into this reality. So this reality can be, become the fairy tale. So this reality can become better. So this reality can be your escape pod so that there is less of a propensity, less of a need for you to want to escape somewhere. With a lot of whites, very often, there is, I would say you are a soul that resonates a lot with the concept of service and the concept of helping others. In fact, I would say that you are the, like, you, you're the, the service, um, the server archetype, if you will, right? Like, how can I serve humanity? How can I help people? And so for you, how can I help others? How can it add the most value? Or these are some of the questions that you have most likely been asking yourself as a white. The answers to those questions really, really matter to you. And so it is very important for you. Um, it is an incredible value for you to help others. Potentially one of your top three values, right? As a white, you may be tight pressed just doing things that are self, like you may be unhappy if you feel like you're acting in your own self-interest only. Um, if you feel like whatever path you're pursuing or whatever you're doing is just for you, uh, that does not tend to be a fulfilling path. For white, there is that inherent remembrance, re inherent understanding that one, that oneness is the truth of the universe. And because of that, that service archetype, right? comes from a place of by serving others, I also serve myself. 
I will tell you that the shadow side of the service archetype or the server archetype is a martyr. And that is the one thing that whites have to watch out for. It's like the dying on the cross for humanity's sins. Uh, arguably doesn't end very well. Or maybe it does, depending on how you look at it, obviously. But it is, you know, so what I'm saying is that there is like just, you know, the, the, the road between the service aspect of life and becoming a martyr and a victim, it's, 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 it's not a very long road. And that's why it's very easy for somebody with a strong white to fall into the pattern of martyrdom. And I will tell you that this may not have always been the case, but in year 2023 and onward, as I'm looking at the next 40, 50 years for humanity, becoming a martyr is not the way to help the collective. Becoming a leader, healing yourself, you know, working through your own trauma, doing shadow work, sharing, caring, loving people, that's the way. Becoming the martyr and suffering is not the way. That is an outlived modality of helping others. And we have graduated to the next level as a society, right? So despite the fact that you may, you may actually, as a white, estimate your own value around how much, how much you did for humanity today, don't take it to a step of a martyr, right? And there are some similarities between the white and the green where you tend to put yourself last, but white has it, like, I mean, it's just stratosphere what's possible with the white. Like literally dying on the cross is possible with the white. By the way, Jesus, was a, a very, very good example of the white ray. Very, like classical, classical, perfect, poster child. And I'm not saying that his sacrifice was in vain. Absolutely not. I mean, look, a lot of good stuff came out of it. Arguably, some not so great stuff came out of it, but that's beside the point. All I'm saying is the age of the martyr is over. We're in the age of Aquarius, not a Pisces. Nobody needs 10,000 more martyrs. We can move on and, and focus on the positive sides of the white, which is they're extremely generous. They're extremely giving. They're very generous with their time. They're very generous with healing other people's emotions so they can be that shoulder to cry on. They are incredibly easy to confide in. They're great listeners. They make people feel comfortable around them. It's almost like it's a confessional booth. If you're a white, people may confess weird things to you. Random strangers may come to you for advice. They, and just out of nowhere. Um, and then um, some people are going to want to get really, really close to you. But again, watch out that you are not giving more of yourself than you have to give at this moment in time. Um, the white is incredibly connected to the angelic kingdom. In fact, the vibrations of white and, and, and the angels is, is kind of essentially one and the same vibration. And so if you are a white, you're either drawn to the angelic kingdom, you may have actually discovered that you have a set of etheric wings on your back. If you haven't and you're a white, I guarantee you have those wings and maybe more than one pair. Um, and so for you, it's actually maybe, it may be easier than for others to connect with the lighter realms, to talk to your guardian angel and to even connect to your higher self um, because whites are also connected to source consciousness because source um, consciousness 
um, while it is the presence of all color, uh, but the presence of all colors actually color white or the, the color of light, right? Um, and so um, they have an innate connection to source consciousness and that's why they're, they're extremely aligned to the vision of the creator and creatress. And very often they're missionary souls that foster the, the vision and, and, and the, the uh, implementation of the vision of the creator creatress. So they are naturally in tune with the greater good. They're naturally in tune with how things should be uh, or what is the ideal direction for humanity to take. Very often whites, and, and, and they're interesting because they have, they're kind of both sides of the spectrum. They're both very understanding and very soft, but at the same time, they have that strength of will and determination and faith. And the white stands for faith like nobody's business. Again, remember, white is very connected to source consciousness, to God goddess. So very often, the somebody with a very strong white energy has from day one um, been just, it's like, it's beyond faith. It's a knowing that God is real. It's a knowing that God exists. And a lot of the whites have had a relationship with a creator creatress from day one. And um, they take the concept of faith and service to a whole new level. And it, it's, it's very beautiful to witness because they can lead a lot of people from this place of integrity, alignment, and connection. Connection to the highest of the planes. Very often whites um, are going to get insights from like other dimensions. They are so able to just plug into the remotest corners of the Akashic records and the remotest corners of the world and just bring stuff down. So um, a lot of the whites are going to be natural born channelers. They may be, they may have psychic abilities or just intuitives, right? Just intuitives. So um, very beautiful, a lot of beautiful energies and frequencies. And that's another thing that is uh, very strong with the white. If you're a white energy, very often you, you're innately connected to the crystalline grid of planet earth and to crystals so the mineral kingdom because you're so connected to the mineral kingdom and minerals literally make up the let's let's call it the bones the skeleton of mother gaia you are planetary level healers not individual level healers like the green you are planetary level healers so that means what does that mean you could be a grid worker. You could be a weaver. Um, you have this innate access into the depth and the breadth of, 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 of this time-space reality, right? And so very often, whites may be called to heal and cleanse large parts of the earth, like large regions, you know, certain natural features, right? So there, there is that also innate connection between you and Gaia. And you may be called to you know, travel to a remote location, perform some ritual, heal or cleanse the crystalline grid of that place, right? A lot of grid workers. Again, a lot of grid workers um, among the whites. Alrighty, my darlings, moving on to last but not least, we're talking about the pink ray. We're talking about pink energy. Aww, if so, okay, if you're a pink, aren't you, aren't you amazing? I don't know. I mean, obviously I have to be impartial, but pink is kind of on the rare side for planet Earth. And that's why I find it so endearing to be talking to you about this. Pink has just recently started coming through. When I say recently, it started about 2,500 years ago. 
recent in, 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 in all things considered uh, on the earthly plane. And um, it has, you know, been anchored quite well. And for me, it's just such a blessing and just such a pleasure to be witnessing how many of you have the pink ray. It's so beautiful. So the pink ray is a ray of high dimensional, high frequency cosmic love. It, it is the unconditional love that transcends time, space, dimensions, incarnations. It is that remembrance and understanding of what oneness means, again, cosmically, right? Pinks are very gentle souls. Um, pinks are sensitive uh, in, in, in a sense that they are extreme, they have extremely, extremely developed emotional bodies. So they have an incredible spectrum, emotional spectrum. It's, um, we didn't really talk about that in any of my past podcasts, but I think people don't really talk about it all that often. I think it's understood or, or the collective consciousness would have us believe that, you know, there is like a range of emotions and it's like death set. And everybody who comes in a human body is going to experience the same spectrum of emotion. The reality couldn't be further from the truth. Actually, every single human uh, has their own depth of perception and their own emotional depth. In the same way that you have emotional intelligence, in the same way that you have IQ, you have, you have your own emotional range. And so there are souls that actually feel things deeper than others. And so if you are a pink, please know this about yourself, that you feel things deeper than others. Your emotional range is incredibly sophisticated. You're feeling like 10 times more than other people. Uh, you're feeling it yourself, like inside of your own body, and you're also able to pick it up from others. So like you are a little bit like an antenna, you're like a little bit like of a litmus test, but your strength is the emotional body, the understanding of the emotions, the healing of the emotions. So what's beautiful about um, pinks is when the pinks get in the room, the emotional state of other beings, other people shifts in that room. So it's like they are a lighthouse. Uh, so and pinks are really good at both emitting frequencies as well as absorbing frequencies. So they go both ways, right? As opposed to like, for instance, violets very often tend to absorb frequencies as opposed to emit. And so pinks have this very beautiful mission on planet earth to be able to anchor high vibrational frequencies and positive emotional uh, blueprints into the greater collective. So if you are um, a pink, what I would encourage you to do is to figure out what are the emotions that are most pleasant to you? Um, is that joy? Is that peace? Is that optimism? Like what, you know, what is that feeling that you really love? Is that, you know, uh, like a feeling of being accepted? Is that love? Like, what is that? Like, what is that emotional flavor that you really resonate with? And the reason that you should be asking yourself this question is because whatever is your favorite emotion, you are meant to emanate it into the world. You're meant to like project it out and ignite large groups of people with it. And it's not even a conscious process, but you would notice once you figure out what is your dominating positive emotion, what is the one emotion that you find to be most pleasurable or most fun or just most to you, you would naturally start noticing that you have been emanating it. You have been sharing it with others for many years and you didn't even realize it. So in the same way that the whites are crystalline grid workers or planetary healers, as a pink, you're also a planetary healer. Only, I would say that you're the healer of the collective emotion. 
And um, one thing that you may notice is that you have always been in tune to people's emotions. And what your energy does is it is um, able to get into the cluster of darkness, emotional darkness, uh, or like when, you know, like when people are really feeling down or where everybody's like scared or when everybody's uncertain, you get into the group of people, however large or small, and you're able to shift their vibration momentarily. And that is your flavor of magic. You are a magical being. In fact, um, the pink ray is also the ray of magic. Now, of course, define magic because, you know, magic is just science, right? But all the things that are a little bit more on the, like the warm fuzzies inside and, you know, high vibrational, loving, caring, that is all on the pink ray. The pink ray is um, also an incredibly generous ray, similar to white, but very different. Um, this one is generous with emotions. This one is generous with praise. This one is generous with support, you know, building others up. Uh, being the support structure, the support system for other people so that they could move on to bigger and better things. Um, pinks are incredible coaches. Pinks are incredible, um, um, incredible psychologists. Pinks are incredible counselors. Pinks are incredible talk show hosts, actually out of, you know, out of all things, they are just naturally in tune. And another thing that pinks are really, really good at is reading the crowd. Uh, they're really able to momentarily tune into the, the emotional and mental state as well of large groups of people. But again, they are kind of like, like the litmus test. They are like the antenna they absorb, but really they absorb to understand. And once they understand, they're here to shift it. And that is why a lot of pinks started coming onto the planet Earth 2,500 years ago, give or take, and even more so are coming today because they are supposed to be healers. One of the things I'm never going to get tired of talking about is the next frontier for humanity is to open up the heart, um, open up the heart and shift the whole game by the virtue of opening up the heart because right now humanity is a tad bit one-sided. We're a little bit more of an intellectual planet. Planet Earth is a little bit more of an intellectual planet. Unlocking the heart enables planet Earth to really evolve and enables humanity to move in leaps and bounds. And that is why a lot of the pinks have been descending here to show, to serve as examples, to serve as poster children, as, you know, living and breathing transmissions of that frequency of cosmic love, cosmic understanding, forgiveness, oneness. And because of that, individually and collectively, they have paved the way for humanity to open up their heart. And so some of you, if you're a pink, or a lot of you, if you're a pink, you're going to resonate with, you know, being heart-led, you're going to resonate with the concept of everything is love in the universe. And um, in general, love is a value for you. And you want to spread it around and spread it around kindness as much as is possible. And so I just want to commend you for being, um, you know, such a missionary little uh, light worker type of soul and showing up here because the pink energies are not native to planet Earth. These are the newer energies. And it's, um, you know, despite the fact that it has been 2,500 years in cosmic timelines, this is literally like yesterday. So you are... Uh, part of that that first um, group of volunteers, if you will, you're part of that first echelon of, of beings that came here and said, we are going to establish planet Earth as a very noticeable, as a very prominent foothold and holder of the energies of the pink ray 
and we're going to be the souls to do it. And so I commend you for your bravery because it takes a lot of bravery to step up to the occasion like that and, and, and come and anchor new energies because, oh my God, every time you're anchoring new archetypes, new energies, you are faced with so much resistance of the collective that, wow, like, whew, it's, it's challenging and it's tough. And so that's why some of you, some of you pinks, you may have sometimes felt like there's, there's all these headwinds in your life. Like there's all these impediments somehow. And it's, it feels like sometimes that other people have it easier. And somehow, even if you're trying to accomplish a very simple thing, sometimes you're coming up, uh, you know, against so much resistance. And I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you. The only thing about you that is causing this is that you're different. And the collective energies don't always jive with the energies of the pink. And that's why certain things, you know, you didn't, you had headwinds instead of sail, uh, like uh, tailwinds, but you are shifting the collective. You are shifting the status quo. You are paving the way and you're changing the equation by the virtue of you just being here. If we're also looking at some of your challenges, it's heart wounds are very prominent. It's probably the worst thing that could happen to you is being disheartened. Kind of like, because you draw so much power from your beautiful heart that it is like a battery inside that allows you to keep on going, allows you to just move through obstacles. And so for you, you do tend to accumulate a lot of heart trauma. And so I would suggest, I would re recommend that you tend to your beautiful heart garden first before you try to heal humanity because the purity of your emotion the purity of your energy is going to enable the purity of of that energy for the collective right because you are the transmitter if you are the if you are transmitting something that is not 100 aligned or something that's a little bit tarnished or something that's a little bit polluted what other people are going to get is that polluted version of the frequency that you brought so for you the cleansing of the frequency the detox of your body is extremely important so keep your vessel physical and otherwise, as clean as is possible. For you, what's important is clean eating is important. You know, um, clean communication is important. Clean intake um, of, of, of everything, information is important. Who your friends is uh, with is also very important. But also, if you have hard trauma, addressing it earlier in your life rather than later um, is paramount. You're going to thank me later. Um, on our Sacred Universe podcast, I have probably 15 meditations at this point that are completely free that you can do to work on healing some of that heart wounding to help open up that beautiful heart of yours so you can heal uh, heal the entire collective consciousness of humanity. Alrighty, my darlings, I hope this was helpful. I hope that as you were listening into your colors, you recognized yourself. I hope that this resonated. Please let me know if you're watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments what color you are and what you did and didn't resonate with because I love getting you know your feedback. I love getting your input. And I just wanted to remind you that you're all such incredible, beautiful souls. And it has been an honor walking you through some of these concepts. And I'm sending you a big virtual hug. I'll see you in the next one.